Hi there. This is Eric, your DM, and welcome to the Punch Bowl, our new interview segment on Join the Party. Even on our off weeks, I'm still thinking about D&D, like playing it and coming up with all these random characters that I'm never going to be able to use. But I also think about what it's like playing a nearly 50-year-old game in 2017 and beyond. So I figured that I'd put that to good use and talk to people who are pushing D&D forward, creatively, communally, socially, just doing good work. It's like I ran into them at a party, and I know them from Twitter, but not actually in real life, and I just want to get them a drink and just talk to them about everything that they're doing. So for our first segment, I called up two guys who host a show that I've been listening to since the beginning. They are The Dungeon Cast, a podcast that dives into all things D&D one episode at a time. They're casual and educational without ever being condescending, even when working through the most basic of topics. An empathetic education is kind of radical, not only in the D&D space, but in nerd culture in general. It's like if the player's guide became a person you actually liked and just walked you through every single thing. I had to pick their brains on what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how it's all coming together. We have Will, who will be speaking first, and Brian, who talks second. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Uh, We're doing good over here. That's great. <laughs> Listeners at home, you can't see the really cool stuff that I'm looking at, but I can see just like two D&D modules right behind me. I can't see which ones, but oh, is that Skag on the left? Yeah, yeah. we got Skag and Out of the Abyss. That's awesome. First, I just want to start off with uh, your backgrounds. What is your experience playing Dungeons and Dragons? So I'm the longtime player of the two of us. I've been playing for almost eight years now. I started in fourth edition. I started as a player, um, but it wasn't too long till like I became the de facto DM in pretty much everything I did. And uh, once 5e came out, I, I jumped ship and uh, haven't looked back, although I, I do still love 4e. I know that's blasphemous to say in a lot of circles, but uh, I just love D&D. <laughs> I want you to know this is a safe space and you can talk about whatever, <laughs> you can talk well, about whatever pre- edition you want. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's very much appreciated. Um, I'm actually, I've been playing D&D, what, for like a year now? Almost? Yeah, uh, I think a little bit more now. A little yeah. bit more than a year, wow. Yeah. I, force, a long way. I force everybody I meet to play the game, <laughs> and I haven't met somebody who didn't like the game. So mm. uh, It sounded right up my alley. I was into a ton of nerdy shit, and I was just like, okay, let's, uh, oh, is cursing okay? I'm sorry about that. My producers are telling me the cursing is fine. <laughs> Oh, All right. Thank God. Sorry about that. Um, it's been a while now, so a little over a year, and I've been DMing for like four months of it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm relatively inexperienced, and that's kind of how our podcast kind of plays a little bit. Like I'm the I'm the ride along character for the inexperienced people. I think that actually ties into the first thing that I want to know about you two. Uh, Will, what is it like pulling new people into D and D? Do you have to like pick specific people you need for D&D or like do you have like just a strategy to just like get everybody in? I I'm always looking to play a new game and my girlfriend likes to make fun of me because like she's she says that I basically just infect everyone around me with D&D and she doesn't understand how I get everybody I know to play. But I just I do. I bring it up. I talk about it a lot. I think people will get interested when you're really passionate about something. So you say, hey, do you want to give it a shot? I'm running a game on such and such day. And you'd be surprised. More people say yes and no. And again, I haven't had a friend or coworker or family member who tried to play the game and didn't end up loving it. Is it just like it's game tales that really hooks them? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I, I tell a lot of stories of like, oh, this one time a barbarian jumped off a waterfall and I thought I was going to die, but I crit. And like people like those stories and, and it sounds exciting to them. So they want to give it a shot. 
And then Brian, how did you feel getting seduced into playing D and D? Well, I gave it a, I gave it a shot because it's there's there's some stigma to it that I feel is uh you know you're just playing uh pretend, but I love pretend and I'm not gonna be uh, ashamed about it and uh, I'm just gonna be myself or in this case be the character that I set up and once I jumped into role playing. I found that like I really uh, I really have like a creative knack for this thing. It's really up my alley. I love to do it. I love to pretend to be this fantastic person that I get to make up and add all these stats to. So uh, doing it for the first time, uh, it it took a little bit to get my bearings, but once I did and got comfortable, it was I could tell it's just for me. Yeah, I remember actually uh, after I got you and and then our buddy Jake and Nick to play. It was like two sessions in and you were like, I, I think this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. I was yeah. like, yeah, I know, right? This game's awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, like, this is my new thing for sure. <laughs> and now I'm doing a podcast about it. Yeah. So there are tons of 5e real play podcasts out there. Uh, ours included, of course. Just follow, follow the crowd there. <laughs> um, but what made you want to do something different? I mean, you're doing this meta D&D campaign that literally starts from the ground up. Why this podcast? I think mostly because I do this anyways. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm constantly explaining D and D stuff to people who will listen to me all the time. And uh, I think, uh, well, me and Brian, we there was a time where we worked together, and uh, while we would be working, I was just like tell them about stuff, and like our conversations were. To me, they seemed interesting and funny, so we decided to record them. Yeah, we would work together uh, at an apartment complex at night, just the two of us. We were kind of night guards. <laughs> and uh and will would just put the D on me every single night and i was like actually this sounds pretty cool it sounds like something i want to do and then i started getting into the conversation also and then it, it came up where you know we spend all these nights together we learn a lot about each other i was like well i went to audio school and i have a lot of equipment oh yeah and uh and will's like oh i've always wanted to do a podcast i was like i would love to do a podcast what do we do it about <laughs> he's like why don't we do it about what we talk about all the time which is D D. I'm really sorry to that apartment complex. They were super not safe because you guys were talking about D&D instead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm know. sorry. You both looked at each other like I was your boss for a second. You were like, oh, no. We were like, oh, shit. Like, oh, snap. Uh, it was like, oh, this has all been a setup. This is the apartment complex police. I know, right? And we're going to throw you Damn. in apartment complex jail. <laughs> Done for. <laughs> okay, so for me personally, just on my end, uh, two reasons. Number one, there's a lot of actual plays out there. That's a lot of competition. And I am constantly on the lookout for one that I like. And, I, you know, I got to say, most of them I'm not a huge fan of for whatever reason. So I didn't think that I had the capabilities of DMing something that would be interesting enough to hold people's attention. But I also felt like I had a lot to say about the subject and I had a lot of opinions on D&D that I don't see repeated in a lot of places. I just kind of wanted to share my views and my experiences. And again, I was kind of just doing it anyway. So why not give it a shot? Yeah. When Will pitched that to me, it was, hey, these uh, these kind of shop talk conversations, they do they are a little bit unique to where you would go look for it on the Internet. It's kind of a little more difficult to find, I feel so. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring something unique to the podcast game that isn't so available. Yeah, you don't see too many. As a matter of fact, I don't really know any other podcasts that like are just kind of talking about the game. What are those opinions that you're worried about or that aren't out there? 
Um, I mean, I've, I think on the podcast, I've gone on a couple rants. Like, I, I had my <laughs> rant on tieflings that I went on about for a bit. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, elitists and gatekeepers of the game. I just can't stand that that mentality that there's a right way to play and a wrong way to play. And that, like, I, I don't like hearing about all the dungeon masters that are super, like, you know, fuck drow. I never allow drow on my table. That's disgusting. Like blah, 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 blah. Drow are always evil. There's no exception. I just don't like that attitude because and that's usually like a 4E to 5E thing. Yeah. yeah, there's a 4E to 5E issue too. Granted, I think 5E is a way better game than 4E, but 4E had some really cool stuff and we can talk about that and that's okay. And like, I just, there's a lot of haters in D&D and there's a lot of haters in not just D&D across all nerd culture. I really don't care for most of it. I think accessibility for a lot of things around nerd culture are so dense that it really, not only is there like literally a guy standing in front of you and be like, mm, nah, but like you need to know the entire backstory there. And I think about what you guys are doing, you're kind of making that accessible. Yeah, and that's actually, that's one of our goals is because you look at these books uh, and for 5e, it's not as bad as previous editions, but you look at these books and they're really thick and daunting and you're like, oh, I don't even know if I want to get into this. And uh, But if you have someone just explaining it to you, maybe it's a little easier. Yeah, you see our episode title, <laughs> tieflings oh shoot i wanted to play a tiefling but i didn't get into the reading maybe i could just pop this podcast in it's like 30 minutes to an hour long and just listen and get the information i need and then when i go to look at it in the manual it, yeah it is more accessible it is uh, e an easier read you can absorb the information better because you've heard it all is there something that you guys have covered lately that you think has kind of like gone above and beyond what you've read in the players or the dm's guide absolutely yeah yeah um, oh yeah that's a, well that's another kind of premise for our show is like i i talk about like okay well here's what the game tells you and here is in all my reading of fantasy literature different examples or takes on this thing like whether that be the feywild or the shadowfell or or elves or whatever like i think one of the main things that we like to encourage is that like the game is more than the books the game as a matter of fact i would say the books only takes up like x amount of percentage of the game like it's it's a lot about homebrew it's all about making the game your own for sure i really like the parallels that you draw in between dungeons and dragons and tolkien uh lord of the rings especially like when you were talking about half orcs um it's like no this is what a D, &D orc looks like this is what a twin towers orc looks like the uh right. Kai. so like making that bridge in between fantasy is very important yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I grew up reading fantasy. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I've said this on the podcast, but I grew up uh, reading D&D &D books, not even knowing they were D&D &D books. Like Dragonlance is a D&D &D setting. I can't tell you how many Dragonlance books I read as a kid. I never even heard of D&D until &D I was like in my mid-teens. I had no idea. I, was re I had already experienced D&D. &D. I just didn't know it. That literally makes you the chosen one. Like you just like rise out. <laughs> you just like That's rise amazing. out of nowhere and be like, I have the power, and then you just like, save it. and now you have a comprehensive D and D podcast. So really, I think the prophecy has been foretold. That's too funny. Yeah, I was just yeah. Well, you can take back to your friends. Yeah, I was on a podcast and like I fulfilled the prophecy. Like it's chill. <laughs> whatever. I'm the chosen one. Don't yeah, worry whatever. about it. I, I got it handled. That's too funny. <laughs> You talk about these gatekeepers and people who are keeping others from having fun and from playing D&D. And I've also realized that, like, the gatekeepers usually don't know shit about shit. Like, they <laughs> yeah. just, like, think that they know things. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, yeah. like, usually, obviously, more forgiving to newbies. But what is something that people usually get wrong about D&D? Um, definitely the first thing that jumps out at me is, uh, like, oh, you're going you're gonna to fantasy role play? That's childish. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, we do that as children, but 
there's some mature topics going on. There's some real decision making going on in this fantasy role play. You can learn something about yourself and like who you really are and like what decisions you're going to stand in and make for this character. Uh, That seems very real to me every time I'm playing like, oh, man, this fantasy life that we're all participating in is in my hands right now. I think for me, when it comes to gatekeepers, um, the main thing that I think irritates me is like those who tell you like that there's a right and wrong way to role play. And there really isn't like like, oh, you're a paladin. You can't do that. Well, it's more complex than that. Oh, my God. I was just going to say about paladins. Yeah. I think we talk about in the Paladin episode how, like, there used to be, back in previous editions, like, rules. Like, you could not break. Like, you had to be lawful good. But now it's not so much like that. And I, I more encourage, like, creativity and character concept and creativity and role play scenario. And I don't like it when people just shut it down just because. It doesn't sound right to them. Or, like, I, I don't like, like, I wasn't a fan of how the horrible backlash when 4e came out uh the concept that tieflings and dragonborn were in the player's handbook like huge huge like haters just coming out of the woodwork saying like this was atrocious and it shouldn't be allowed and like blah 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 it's like dude you don't have to use these races if you don't want to but like they're here for a reason and they're really cool and god forbid wizards wants to try something different you know what i mean like you know, if you want to play an older edition, go play that edition. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like no one's making you play 5e. <laughs> no one's making you play a tiefling or have it at the table. But you're going to get on other people about it. Seems counterproductive. Let, yeah. let them run their game the way they're going to run their game. Don't, exactly. You don't have to shame people for it. Yeah. You're really good at bringing newbies in. How have you been able to explain to people who aren't self-identified nerds what D&D is? Because I'm having that problem right now. Well, not even a problem. Right. But like, I'm dealing with that trying to te- tell people about my podcast. I'm like, it's storytelling, but like multiple people are doing it. And I'm the DM, which means like I like wrote a story, but like people are <laughs> messing with it. So how do you go about explaining what D&D is? I mean, that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Like, I, heck, we got a whole, <laughs> our for a whole first episode is what is D&D? And it's like an hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I struggle with that too. I think I, I, I take the same approach where I, well, it's like collaborative storytelling. Or like, I'll say like, okay, you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? Well, like, imagine if you got to be those characters in Lord of the Rings and the story happened to you, but the person who controlled that story was the dungeon master at your table and he told you or he or she told you what's going on and like you explore the world of Middle Earth, but like, you know, but it's not Middle Earth, it's your world, you do whatever you want. Or I think I think the main thing I do is um, I will literally just tell stories from the game and like even if... The people I'm explaining to don't exactly understand how it works. They kind of get the idea when I say like, oh, I was this barbarian named Steel Valthonis. And like this thing I wanted fell off a waterfall. So because I'm a barbarian and I am not a coward, I dove off the waterfall. And my dungeon master had me roll an athletics check. And I succeeded and I got the item and I climbed back up the cliff. And uh, people hear that. They're like, oh, dang, that sounds epic. And then they want to try it. And then once you get people to just try the game. Or listen to a game, and then they understand. Yeah, I got to get your feet wet. Yeah. I can confirm that that story is dope as hell, and oh, now you. I really want to play. <laughs> I wanted to talk about character creation for a second. Where do you begin when you start rolling them up? I feel like I pick the race, and then the background, and then the class, because I love it when the background informs your class, and not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I always tried to build my characters as well. Like, I want to be... A fight like it's stereotypical, but if I want to be a fighter, I'm gonna have like a fighting background or whatever. If you're gonna be a warlock, you're going to like, oh my my patron is going to influence the way I am as a character. Like when we were talking about taking uh 
warlock powers from uh, Archfey, you might be touched with, uh, you know, the kind of fey experience. Like you, you're more uh, whimsical, or um, you could be, yeah, yeah or more poetic like generally, yes, or yes. like more graceful than is normal. Like so, basically, yeah. your personality takes on these uh, these personalities that a fey creature would have. So you're more. You're more that way. I think that it also kind of like breaks people out of the backgrounds that are suggested in the player's guide. It's like if one more rogue becomes an urchin, I'm going to like throw myself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Mercy. I feel you. Um, I, I, the one thing that 5e like really needs to come out with more is of backgrounds, I think. But also they do make it really easy to customize backgrounds. So just come up with your story and then build the background based off that. It's really simple. You just pick two skills. Uh, pick a couple tool proficiencies and maybe reskin one of the features of one of the other uh, backgrounds and bam, you got your brand new tasty custom background. Tasty. <laughs> Can you give me an example of one of these good, good homebrew oh, backgrounds? <laughs> okay, let's come up with one. Uh, So, okay, we'll go with like Fae Touched. Like maybe, yeah, that'd be cool. maybe at some point you got lost in the Fae and then you came back and that's a big part of your background. So like, okay, so maybe you have proficiency in nature and in um, insight because your stay in the fae made you have to deal with like dangers of nature and dangers of illusion. So you learn to be able to use nature to your advantage and be insightful in order to survive. And then uh, maybe what's a tool proficiency that would be good in that scenario? Well, there's one there's one that's a, a subclass from UA, which is like the ranger who can like find the portals in in between like the different worlds. Oh, Ooh, a horizon cool. walker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could take that and then move Oh, it. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you could cuz you had to find a way back. And now that you've done that, you have a natural attunement to finding fey crossings and maybe shadow crossing. Exactly. And, and, and that's, that's your you're feature. Good at, like yeah. scrying bones all of a sudden now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Bam, background done. I like it. All right, R slash UA. I just want you to know we just made a new one, and we're going to post that. On <laughs> there you go. Wiz- Wizards, we got you. <laughs> I want to hear more about your experiences as DMs, either as a DM or a player. Hit me with one of your game tales. Okay, this is uh, me as a player. I play uh, an Air Genasi fighter uh, in one of Will's games, and uh, he had us in a battle arena. So it was like a... How many of us were there? Four is like a four on four or four on five or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And uh, instead of do a classic combat where we roll initiative, we were going to do something called a skill challenge where we basically work off of our, our skills list. And uh, you can't, the only rules are you can't really repeat the same skill twice. Like if you want to alternate between a few, like if you want to alternate between athletics and, uh, you know, anything else, you can do that. Um, so <laughs> there was a cool moment where I had a couple of guys, uh, a couple of fighter guys rushing me and I had to, uh, basically seek refuge. Um, will place this in without any of our normal weapons. Uh, and we had to find weapons hunger game style in the, <laughs> the arena. And I ended up picking up a bow and my character had never used one before. So I find this bow. I don't find any arrows. I have to spend a turn like looking for weapons and then I'm getting rushed. So I end up rushing up this like big mound of rocks and uh, I use my uh, like my mingle with the wind to shoot myself up into a tree. So I basically just like jump up 30 feet into a tree. And I like as I'm turning back, I passed my check and I shot this guy right in his like chest or leg or something and took him down. So that was that was really cool. It was really cool to do a combat that wasn't so standard and really cool to have all this freedom to be like, yeah, I want to run up this rock cliff 
and like kick off one of these rocks and and use my air push to lift me up into a tree. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to turn and shoot and I nail this guy. Yeah, it was more theatrical. And I, I enjoyed yeah. that. I remember running that. That was fun. Um, <laughs> D&D stories. Uh, I know I have a billion of them, but the only one coming to mind is a really old story where I, I once I played a halfling uh, Hexblade in 4E. His name was Jack. And uh, he was a really whimsical and uh, innocent kind of character. And uh, there was also a wizard in the party. Um, I don't remember the wizard's name, but he was kind of an alcoholic jackass. And, uh, <laughs> he was kind of a jerk. And I remember we were we were roaming through like a fey touched forest, and we came into like this beautiful glen or whatnot. And of course, there's a a beautiful woman bathing in the pool. And as a player, I know that this is like a trap. I know that this is a water nymph probably going to lure us in and kill us. But Jack didn't know that. And um, and neither did the wizard. So the wizard tried to like woo this this woman, like be charming and whatnot, and he failed his skill check really badly. And so uh, I decided to have Jack give it a try, and like he said something poetic. I don't remember what it was, and gave a bow and uh, said something flattering. And I crit my persuasion check or whatever it was, <laughs> my diplomacy. And uh, the DM was having uh, basically uh, her react to my crit, and the wizard couldn't stand for it so he's like i i can't stand for this and he cast prestidigitation on me uh making it appear as if i had completely soiled myself in the most (laughs) embarrassing fashion at which point my uh my poor halfling uh began to openly cry and run off into the forest and uh it was at that point actually that the water nymph transformed and attacked the party and i wasn't there so they were actually down their striker for like the first two rounds (laughs) but uh yeah D and D's weird stuff. <laughs> Listen, that combines pretty much the majority of D and D stories is that it involves someone pooping themselves and embarrassing <laughs> themselves in front of women. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Is there something that you find a little bit too daunting to explain straightforward? I think that you've all tackled the races, the classes, and the planes. Um, even the dragons, which I'm believing, even as a DM, I am so happy that you explained. But is there something about D&D that you find just like a little too daunting to do on the podcast? I don't think so. Yeah, Not, there hasn't been I anything mean, we've come across that so we're like, nah. All right, then uh, you know what? I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I have three things about D&D that I'm very confused about. Uh, and I would really love it if you could explain it to me in like a sentence or two. Okay, we'll it? try. All right, yeah. We'll try, yeah. Please explain what a bonus action is. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so a bonus action is it's a ability that all players, regardless of class, have, but they only can use it if their class or background or race has a feature that can take advantage of it. Yeah, there has to be something specific saying to take a bonus action. Yes, <laughs> no, that was great. No, that was really that was really helpful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> cool. Can you please um, pronounce the real name of Mind Flayers for me and explain to me what they are? Their uh, their proper name is Illithid, um, and I've seen them portrayed in a lot of different ways. But basically, what they are is they are a parasitic race of like squid monsters that devour humanoid brains but they also will take the place of if they are requiring a humanoid body which most of them will at some point they will devour the brain and replace it with their own and take control of that humanoid body nice i like that all right brian help me out here 
explain to me who that guy is. You know when people are talking about on the threads? Uh, like, <laughs> who's that who is, guy? Who is yeah. that guy, that girl, that person? Explain to me who that is. That guy is, uh, oh yeah, so I uh, I set up my race in class so I can use uh, this specific attack oh, so God. I can max the damage out <laughs> and I'm going to be rolling 6d10 and you better believe that it's going to be cold damage and they're going to be frozen and not going to be able to move. Like, <laughs> They're setting up their they're setting up their metagaming basically. You're gonna be oh, you're gonna be that guy. You're just gonna run the you're just gonna run this like just, you're gonna build something invincible. You're not gonna care about the role play. All right, one last question, I promise. This is the last one. If you could change one way that people frame and talk about D D, what would it be? For me, honestly, the some people when I bring up D D, they'd be like, Isn't that that game that like uh that like People who like murder people play like there. There's like some <laughs> '80s news story where some kid went on a murder spree and apparently he played D and D. And so people like have that stigma attached to it. I'm like, what? No, what? Uh, mine would be. Um, sometimes I'll tell people uh, that have like this cool guy mentality, like, oh hey, I'm yeah, I run a, po- I host a podcast. Um, it's about D and D, and they kind of get like look at me with side eye, like. You run a D&D podcast, so you play D&D, and I just feel like, oh, man, this person's already lost. I've lost the battle <laughs> before I've even, like, begin. tried to begin to explain, like, what this is. Like, they're so set, like, oh, you big nerd. And, yeah, it's nerdy, but, like, why has that got to be bad? <laughs> all right. That is all I got left. Um, how can people find y'all on the internet? Yeah, if you want to check us out, we're The Dungeon Cast. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're pretty much on any podcast app or program out there. You can find us. Um, uh, we're on YouTube. We're if on you YouTube. search The Dungeon Cast, you can get us there. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, follow us on Twitter if you're interested in like taking polls on like what episodes we should do next or like entering our contest. We, we try and run like a contest like uh, pretty much every few months where the prize will be some really dope like D&D related uh, prize. And uh, yeah, right yeah. now, Will's running a contest for um, Hero Forge minis. So if you tweet a link out to our show and hashtag DungeonCast, you are entered to win a mini. And so that drops on July 4th, right? Yeah, that'll be on July 4th. So yeah, yeah follow us on Twitter ends. if you're interested in any of those things. Thank you for talking to me, guys. This was great. Yeah, oh, I thanks. had a good time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was good meeting you. Thank you very much for all your reaching out and everything. It's really been cool. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this, please let us know. We want to do so many more of these in the future. Tell us who you want me to talk to, especially all those secret D&D players out there. I'm looking at you, Vin Diesel. Please come talk to me about Furious 8 and your barbarian dragon who lives one quarter mile at a time. Hit us up at Join the Party Pod on all the social medias and email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. The next chapter of The Wedding Party will be out next week. I'll see you then.